Yo, what's happening, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in once again. It's on. It's your main man, Coach Fob, in the building. We got a great show for y'all tonight. And in the meantime and in between time, let's hit it. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Cannon Corner. 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 Your number one spot for hip-hop, classic hip-hop, today's hip-hop. You talk about sports, you talk about Knicks, you talk about 76ers, you talk about football, you talk about Giants, you talk about Steelers. Your main spot for New York and Pennsylvania sports, baby, right here. Coach Fah, Mr. Lewis, the candid corner, real talk for real listeners. Yeah, yeah. Brought to you by Naptime Entertainment Media and the good folk over at Off The Ball Network. What is up, y'all? You know what it is. No, I had to get my groove going. Y'all know. Y'all know me and my music thing. Yeah, yeah, so it's your man, man, Coach Far in the building. I know it looks kind of crazy right now because I'm dolo. Yeah, Mr. Lewis had to take care of some things, you know what I mean? But he'll be right back here next week, no doubt. So I'm holding it down, but I'm not I'm not sad. I'm not whoopy because I know, number one, everything good. And number two, that's because I got two fire Counting one here tonight. You feel me, people? You know what I mean? Feel my energy. I got Mo Murphy up in Flames podcast, the vice president of the Off the Board Network in the Brazilian. You know what I mean? I got content contributor Bangkok who's about to get his own show soon. You know what I mean? And we're going to jump it up, chop it up. Enjoy wonderful things talking about this Eastern Conference playoffs. Yo, because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things happening. So before we jump into that, oh, and big shouts, big shouts to my main man, Sean Matt, in the building, a.k.a., you know, Nets. You know what I mean? Talking that Nets-ish, you feel me? Yo. We got the new Brooklyn Dose in the building. We're going to have that. We got more. We got new commercials. We got it all for you. But you know how we got to start. We always need a little bit of this. Welcome to Headline Yeah, man. Actually, there's a lot to talk about, man. First and foremost, rest in peace, DMX. Well, I mean, that was a little moment of silence for, uh, for, for Earl Simmons, a.k.a. Dark Man X. You know what I mean? 
The original spellbound. The original spellbound. Indeed, indeed. Ah, X. So yeah, I'm a with everything going on in Minnesota and all this stuff. Something popped off the other day. Something that I actually am very passionate about, my guys. So for all the things we clown about, about Kyrie, whatever, whatever, right? Somebody called him that N-word thing thing and didn't take it well. And though it was a, 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 a he's not African-American, he's just actually uh, German. Uh, but a, a, a dark skin, a, a fellow melanin uh, efficient uh, individual is the one who said the thing and was taken aback when he was offended. Now, here's the thing. I actually go through this all the time. I've gone through it for years because I refuse to say the word. I don't say the word. I don't address anyone as such. You know, in my humble opinion, that word needs to be ghosts. Period. You know what I mean? Everybody, it, there's, there's more Christians in the world, and they all talk about Jesus Christ, but though nobody speaks Jesus' language, because Aramaic is what they call a dead language. A whole language could vanish, and we can't get rid of one word. That bothers me. You know, I mean, we're better than that. We are all better than some nomenclature that wasn't even organically ours in the first place. You know, I mean, did nothing to describe us, did nothing to describe our culture, our, our, our passion, our love, our spirituality, our fire. The word doesn't do anything except. Picture, close your eyes real quick, say the words yourself and see what you see. And that's the problem. I'm going to flip it one more time for you. Then we're going to move on. I was watching my favorite movie, Deep Cover. Lawrence Fishburne does this. Bang. I love that movie. I watch it like, I don't watch movies repeatedly. I'm, I'm not one of them dudes. But when Deep Cover come on, yeah. So when he gets the job to, uh, well, he's going to the interview uh, for this undercover gig. The uh, the officer asks him, he said, here's a question for you. What's the difference between black men and that word? There were three guys in that scene. The first guy jumped out of his chair and punched to the face. <laughs> the second guy is the guy that most concerns me. The second guy said, I don't know. And the cops retort. And it says a lot if you really listen to it. His retort was, most N-words don't. And then so Lawrence comes and sits down, gets the question asked. His response is very simple. The difference between a black man and that? Only that would be foolish enough to answer such a question. 
and moved on. And so shall I. <laughs> uh, but I just found that interesting, and I'm glad the conversation's being had. You know what I mean? I gotta say that. So this came up, and I know folk got a feeling about this either way, but listen. Julian Edelman, he's cut after he failed his physical. They talk about his retiring. So then folk are like, oh, is is he a Hall of Famer? Is he a who? Yeah, my lips is ashy because that was one of the driest questions I ever had to face. (laughs) Is he a who? Listen, just, can't folk just be good wide receivers? Can't just, you know, why everybody got to be the greatest and got to be listed among the greatest? I mean, there's so many actually great wide receivers that haven't made the hole. I don't know. I'm, y'all, y'all enjoy that debate, but to me, next. <laughs> he is not a Hall of Famer. Sorry. Uh, oh, A-Rod just was the majority partner and bought uh, Timberwolves. Yeah, the Timberwolves. So I find that very, very, I'm just kind of like, all right, so you went from trying to buy the Mets. So you went to Macy's. You couldn't buy nothing at Macy's. So you went to Target? Like, yeah, that's right, right, you know, Ghostface, that's, that's amazing, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, yo, does, does, does your lady friend, is, is, is there like a, a team ownership exclusion or something that's signed in a contract where you gotta have a team, cause, last time I shared, you was trying to buy the match, that didn't work, and then all of a sudden everybody said y'all broke up. Then you'll get back together, and now you're buying the temples. I mean, hmm, interesting, interesting. And then, yo, I found this to be hilarious. You know, folk are really having a good time with, uh, what is that young man's name? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Because he doesn't know who A Rod is, right? You know what I mean? I just find that weird because, like, the Yankees used to tell me all this. All the Yankees fans told me you know, Yankees ran the universe, and you know, this happens. You know what I mean? I know the cat played for twenty years. He's amazing, and he had all the controversies and all that, and had the reality show. Yo, I find that funny though. Like, you don't know who's cutting your check. Or your boss, you know. What I mean, you ain't Google, you know. What I mean, like, you ain't, you ain't even try to make sure that the dude could actually pay you. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just felt that funny though, just a little, just, just tickled me inside, just a little, just a little bit. Um, oh, veteran NFL players want a virtual. Offseason, they don't, they don't want to come to work. They don't want to mess with no COVID. They want to be healthy before the season starts. I hear y'all. I hear y'all. Think about that though. 
for them hungry players that's not sure they're going to get a spot, they go in the training camp. They're going to impress the heck out of them coaches and try to steal your job. Just saying. Just saying. You know what I mean? When when training camp does begin, at, you know, when, when you guys actually have to meet up, I hope your physicality and and in shape and all of that stuff you, you're ready because it's gonna be one of them little whippersnappers there the whole time that developed a bond with the coaching staff and y'all know how that goes y'all y'all know how that how that life goes so real quick I hope you guys enjoyed this week's headline heat you know what I mean Dolo style tried to hold it down. You know, as best I could without my main man, Mr. Lewis. But there was a lot of information. I think we, we covered a lot of things. A lot of things. So we'll be right back. When I come back, we're going to drop a Brooklyn Dose. After the Brooklyn Dose, I'm going to come back with uh, my main man, Mo Murphy from Upper Flames, and my brother, Bank. And we're going to have a big party up ahead talking basketball to the end of the show. All right, so let's pack it in, strap it in. Thank you all once again. It's on. It's your main man, Coach Bob, in the Pacific. Hmm. Got my glasses on. What's that say? Old base seasoning on my meat. Let me try it out. Hmm, it tingles a bit. Oh, oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As you can see, all you need is a little old bay seasoning on your meat. You'll feel a little smoother yourself. Me? I'm 92 years old. Sprinkled a little old bay on there. Now I feel like a fresh 62. Get your old bay seasoning together. You heard me get your seasoning together. For husbands, boyfriends, and entanglements over 60. Same great taste for 75 years. You two can be like me and Ron Isley. First 200 sold. Get free gray beard coloring. Come on in. Oh, yeah. Come on, mama, taste this meat. What's going on, everybody? Sean Matthews at BKN underscore says, giving you a brand new Brooklyn Dose segment on the Candy Corner. Coach, Mr. Lewis, haven't spoke to you guys in a long, long time. I apologize. Take care of some family matters. Um, hope everyone is well. It's been a while. Uh, from my understanding, the team that I talk about the most and root for the hardest, the Brooklyn Nets, have become a villain and an unfair roster. So they decided to lose to the Chicago Bulls and the shorthanded Los Angeles Lakers. And all of a sudden now... The Brooklyn Nets are not a championship contending team to most 
super fans like me that root for other teams, such as the Lakers, who are also very good, but have been shorthanded as well, and aren't the best currently right now with health not on their side, just like Brooklyn. Another couple things that I've learned um, over the past couple days about the Nets and a few of the fan base that I interact with, we or you or they, whomever may be listening, will complain about everything and anything Nets related. You know, watching that Laker game, it was all about, you know, how Andre Drummond uh, made LaMarcus Aldridge look like he was washed. You know, a lot of opinions stated that he was indeed washed until he joined the Nets. Let me tell you something, everybody. LaMarcus Aldridge is a very good basketball player, and so is Andre Drummond. Okay, the Lakers were very motivated to win that game because of various reasons. And they won that game because they played a complete basketball game. They turned the Nets over. They played good defense. The Nets did not shoot the ball well. The Lakers shot the ball incredible. And the Lakers also beat the Nets on second chance opportunities. Simple as that. You know, and, you know, Kyrie Irving gets ejected. Dennis Schroeder gets ejected. It's a full-point game at that point. Okay? Um, I was not happy. I was not pleased with the performance at all because I watched this team and I expect them to show up. And it was, you know, Kyrie played. Kevin Durant was playing. He just didn't have it. Point blank. They didn't have it. Kyrie was playing great. Durant had an off night. But you know what? He's not in rhythm yet, folks. Sure, he's one of the best players in the league. But can can the guy play more than 15 minutes? Can can Steve Nash give him some, you know, can he, can he get in the groove? I mean, there, there was one time down he had a hezzy pull-up jump shot. And the next he's going down on a fast break and he jams it on Drummond. And he takes him out. Takes him out. Uh, what what are we doing? Can we can can the man play basketball? Can 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 we can we can we stop with the? Oh, he needs time. The the apparently good players you know need to play too. Okay, uh, that would be great. Man, uh, now we jump into Kyrie Irving's situation. He doesn't travel to Minnesota. That game gets canceled for obvious reasons. Kyrie Irving still does not play today because he didn't travel with the team. Folks, Nets fans, fans of Kyrie, can we stop pointing a finger at this man? Can we stop ridiculing his name for not playing a game in the middle of the season I understand 
he gets paid a lot of money. But you all have to understand that the Nets as an organization approve of Kyrie Irving's personal time off. The apparent reason of these players coming to the Nets was because the Nets treat you like a family. They understand, you know, things are important other than just being a member of the Nets and for basketball reasons. Because let me tell you something. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden eventually are going to end up playing playoff basketball and they're not going to miss games. That's just a fact. Okay? They're not going to miss games. Obviously, if they're not injured. Okay? So, you all have to relax and understand that the Nets have allowed this to happen. Point blank. Point blank. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to jump into something else, too. I have also taken a break from social media because of the fact of people who are fans of basketball and follow basketball don't understand the meaning of what I just said in this segment about Kyrie and the Nets allowing it also watching the game today people were upset Kevin Durant who hasn't played basketball in about three months it feels like four months it feels like it was probably you know that's how long it felt were upset that he was in a game of 30 points Understood. There's a back-to-back tomorrow. But folks, like I just said previously, you need a rhythm. And basketball players need... Good basketball players need to play. And get their stamina, their legs underneath them. And eventually, eventually... Feel like themselves again. So please... Please stop it. Stop it. Understand the game and understand the franchise decisions that have made you this way. Look at the franchise as a whole and tell me, looking back, that they made the wrong decision. Building this team up, getting these type of players, and then throwing the blueprint out in the garbage of treating everyone like a family member and allowing things to be more important than just a basketball season game. I've had it. That's all I got, folks. Big game tomorrow, Net Sixers. Coach, Mr. Lewis, thanks for the time. Talk to y'all soon. And just enjoy the damn basketball. Please. Follow me. BKN underscore says. This was the Brooklyn Dose. With Sean Matthews.
It's the fourth quarter. We're down by one. No seconds left. And you gotta eat your breakfast. So what you gotta get is that R.J. Barrett crunch time. That's right, boys and girls, it's crunch time. Get your wonderful breakfast on right before school. You're not going to be late because the food is going to just devour itself and just evaporate right in your mouth and give you all the nutrition you need because it's crunch time. That's right. R.J. Barrett. Crunch time. Straight from Kellogg's and them. The folks that gave you them Rice Krispies and thing things. Feel me? Crunch time, baby. Go get you a bowl. Go get you two. Go win for your team, win for your school. Crunch time. And we are back. I hope y'all enjoyed that last Brooklyn Dose segment. He was kind of going off, y'all. He was kind of very, very tight about what was going on with the Nets. So I don't follow. That's why I have him come on and break it down for us. Y'all sound quite, quite vexed. I got some trick that in the back, and I'm very excited because, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my man, my bro, from the Up in Flames podcast. We got Mr. <laughs> Mo Murphy in the building. <laughs> But What's going on, bro? I'm chilling, man. You see, I'm having a good time. Yeah, hey, of course. I see it. I see it. I appreciate you laying in the cut for as long as you did. I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I had to check out the show, man. You know, I watch it, you know, typically on my phone. But since I'm a guest today, I was able to watch it, you know, up close and personal in the background, man. You know, I had to check it out. Right on, brother. I appreciate it. Now, without further ado, please... Welcome, Lady Magenema. We got New Tape City in the building. What up, Papa? What's up, guys? How are you doing? Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Watching this Nick game. Yeah, me too, man. But I'm really happy because this is an off the board network family thing right about now. Yep. So let's just jump right in, man. I, let's. I want to break it down by playing tournament teams, and then I want to break it down six five four, and then we'll talk about the three two one. Who we think is going to be there? That fair? Yeah, of course. Hey, it's your show, man. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Where is this wonderful graphic? Here we go. Have y'all seen this? Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. I'm looking at it right now, too, on my phone. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> for those that don't know, there's going to be a play-in tournament this year, similar to what they did at the bubble. And as you can see, the ninth and the 10th place teams will be playing each other, and the 7th and 8th place teams will also be playing each other for a chance for the winner to play the loser 
okay, so whoever wins the seventh and eighth gets the seventh seed, and the loser plays the winner, the nine and ten, for that eighth seed. Right. Interesting. So I believe I believe if if either the seventh or eighth seed wins that game, they automatically qualify yeah. for the playoffs. Yeah. The loser, the loser has to wait, has to play the 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 winner of the winner of the ninth, tenth, right, to see who gets that eighth spot. Yeah. Interesting. Really? I mean, there, I remember there was a point where. Where nobody thought this was going to be added onto an NBA schedule, but we're here now. In the second exactly. straight season, second straight season, it's happening. Exactly. Now, this was this was earlier in the day because now I'm on ESPN and there's an updated one that has the Knicks at seven and Charlotte at eight. Right, because yeah. I believe Charlotte just lost. They lost today. Yeah. So Okay. So, as it stands right now, it would be the Bulls and the Pacers in the 9-10 and the Knicks and the Hornets in the 7-8. Mm-hmm. Who's winning at 9-10, guys? I'm going Chicago. I, I would okay. go Chicago. I know, you know, the trade with, uh, you know, for Vucevic, mm-hmm. it, they've started slow since he's came. That's I what mean, I'm about to there's say. another, what, 20 games? Like, little, little 20 games to get the chemistry going for all you got to do, you know, at 9 and 10, you got to win that first game. I, I would take Chicago over Indiana by that point in time. If they played today one game, I probably go Indiana, but you know, twenty games from now, they got the chemistry. Zach Levine, you know, continues it going. Vucevic really find his spot to give that same production he was giving in Orlando. Him and Markinen find a way to fit together as best as possible. You know, through what thirty games together. So, and Chicago has some injuries. I think you know by the end of the season, I would go Chicago wins that game in a close one. I think it. I think it turns out to be a dog fight. Of a game, I, I, I think the seven and eight seed could have been a great game, but I don't think it would be anymore. And I would go Chicago would win that game. Yeah, okay. I, I, to me, nine and ten, I think Chicago wins. Uh, solely, I, I really would pick Chicago because of Sack Levine. I mean, I don't think Indiana would have anybody to stop him or really match up with him. To me, Vucevic and and Sabonis kind of cancel each other out. But but Levine Levine there's there's nobody on that Indiana roster that can stop him. I mean you have to constantly double team him, or if they want to play him straight up, they'll play him straight up. But I believe he'll torch them. I mean, that's all right. That's fair. I want to say Indiana, but honestly, I'm with you guys on that. I mean it it's a toss up really, but. If the Bulls are clicking, like yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't see Indiana stopping. Look, if you had told me, if you had told me, T.J. Warren was healthy for the Pacers, I could have said, okay, you know, maybe a guy that could maybe 
match up with Zach Levine, you know, like maybe you could have put it on on him and make him work on defense. But it's, he's he's not there. He's he's done for the year. So there's not another guy that's gonna make Zach. There's who's gonna make Zach Levine work on defense? Really? I mean, he's free to put up fifty if he really wants to. Okay, so you know what? So that's what this current standing. I got another question for you guys. Do you think Indiana stays at eight or do they drop? I mean, I think it stays. I think Indiana actually has a chance to rise up, to be honest. Because the Uh, Raptors are there too. Yeah, but the Raptors are what? The Raptors are half games. Six and a half games back. Indiana's a competitive team. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they compete for a championship, nothing like that. But they're a competitive enough team. I don't see them losing seven or eight games. You know, like I don't see Toronto outdoing them from here on out by eight games. I don't see them getting eight more wins than what Indiana gets. And I look at Charlotte. And, you know, I think that injury to LaMelo Ball, they were able to stay afloat. But I think you're slowly starting to see Charlotte fall. So I think Indiana or Chicago has a chance to move up. Yeah, I think they move up and Charlotte continues to drop. Okay. Yeah, I think look, I think that the the Raptors dug themselves in too deep of a hole. Um, that game against the Knicks was big. I mean, if they could have won that game, it could have done a little something. But uh, they just keep falling. Uh, Van Vliet is hurt. I don't know when he's coming back. Uh, And also they. They have the second toughest uh, schedule in the Eastern Conference, so that that doesn't do them any favors. Oh, and by the way, the one with the toughest schedule is the Knicks. So yes, I, I know. But Toronto <laughs> has but Toronto has the second toughest schedule in the Eastern Conference, right. and for them to be eight games, almost eight games out, it's, it's, it's might be too much of a hole to climb out of. That's fair. That's fair. So. As it stands right now, the 7-8 are the Knicks and the Hornets. And I take it by the way you guys are talking, you might actually think that the Knicks have a chance to win in that game. Am I? How do I mean? What do you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say why not. Like, I wouldn't say the Knicks haven't given me a reason to think that one game they can't beat the Hornets. Like, I could see if they had to play in and play Brooklyn or Philly, Miami, Boston, right. like for one game. Right. I would I don't think I could rock with the Knicks, but I wouldn't be surprised if they beat like a Boston or Miami. I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks won that one game. Especially Miami, because I look at how both of those teams are built. They're built really similar. Miami yeah. got the experience, but right. I look at the Knicks and they could be very Miami like. They play defense. That that's what they preach. That's how they win games. Low scoring games. You know, for the most part, I mean, they have their scores, but they're but you watch a if, Knicks game and if it's you defense. Keep it low scoring. Yeah, teams are putting up one thirty on them. I mean, I'm sure there's been an instance or two. It's the new age NBA. You are gonna right. give up some points at one point in time, but the Knicks play defense. You know, it's so. I don't see. I don't even. There's not a matchup where I'd be worried about the Knicks. And y'all are the Knicks fans, so you know me. This is speaking just from That's basketball perspective. I don't want to sound like a homer, so yeah. So, I, but I, I'd, I'd have to go with the Knicks. Um, the only thing that scares me about the Knicks is holding a big lead. That scares me. Right. They don't do it very well, and they be as evidence tonight. Yeah, like they come out and they play, and they, they're 
for the first half, first quarter and a half, they're way better than that team. In but they don't hold the lead. They don't. They still like they might play fast pace, get that lead, and then they don't slow the game down. They don't because they're miss they're they're missing a point guard, and right. that's what I've noticed with the and Knicks all year. Like IQ is good. Don't get me wrong, he's good, but he's a rookie. I can't depend on a rookie to run an offense. Right. It's just tough. Not you know, and I everybody CP three their rookie year, so they they were missing that veteran point guard. I would have loved you know a Russell Westbrook. In New York, I would have loved, you know, Alonzo Ball getting traded to New York. Like, well, that might still happen. So, but I'm talking about like this year, like but you know. Here's my thing about that. We just got tips. We just got this new refined Randall. Mm-hmm. We're seeing RJ begin to develop his growth and blossom. Mm-hmm. All of this to me, is right on time for where they need to be. I think if y'all you have one of those kind of point guard things, you might want to rush some steps because you feel like you're closer than you really are. Mm-hmm. I want this team, this squad, to go through that gauntlet, hit those playoffs as that unit, and galvanize them together. Then in the offseason, you add that next piece and then next year they take that next step, and they don't slip. If you, yeah. if, I've seen too many times where we 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 think it's there and we jump a step and then it falls apart. My Miami Heat. I mean, yeah, but you 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 guys dealt with a lot of COVID stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know? mean, we have our excuse, we have our reasons. I won't say excuses because it's valid. But right. even still, like they. Now they're back healthy and they're up and down. They go on a four-game win streak. They go on a two-game yeah. lose streak. They win two to three in a row. They lose two to three in a row. So even being back healthy, they've been very up and down. I mean, I do think outside of probably Brooklyn, I think Miami's just as dangerous in a seven-game series as anybody else in the Eastern Conference. Just oh, knowing how they play basketball and how it relates to the playoffs. But that doesn't mean, even though like I'm a Heat, I love the Heat, that doesn't mean I take them in any matchup that I feel like they could win. I would like, I think them against Boston right now, that'd be a really good matchup, but I don't know if I'd flat out like, I, I'd take a toss up, the Heat or Celtics in seven. If you say the Celtics in seven, I'd take it. I'd take the Heat hometown team, you know, but at the same time, like, if you said the Celtics in seven, I could see it. It's an even matchup, and you rock a little more. You're 51% Celtics, 49% Heat, or vice versa. Like, I don't think you really have a team. And then, like I said, like with the Knicks, I would think the Knicks might be ahead of schedule one year. Reason I say that, and and y'all are the, y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, being able to click with y'all and talk and listen to y'all talk Knicks, I think y'all are surprised. I think the Knicks fan base is surprised that y'all are at where y'all are at right now. Had an All Star on your team. I don't think nobody in the world expected a Knicks player on the All Star team. I think everybody was still questioning R.J. Barrett. Like, is he – the question wasn't can he, is is he going to, you know, hit that right. next stride? Is he going to show us some improvement? Nobody really was high on Emmanuel quickly. There weren't a lot of people high on him coming out of the draft. Tibbs, everybody, you know, I think from what I got from Knicks fans, they liked the hire. Might not have loved it. They liked it. But a lot of people around the NBA was like, you know, there could have been a lot of different ways that they could have went to get a new head coach, and it's paying out for them. So I think the Knicks are a little ahead of schedule because I think them being in the 7th, 8th seed instead of the ninth, 10th seed, 
I think pushed them a little bit ahead of the schedule because now I felt like the Knicks would have been good enough to get in the play-in game and maybe lose. But now the ball is in their court to win and actually have a full-blown first-round playoff series. No, yeah, I agree. I perfectly agree with you, Mo. Uh, definitely ahead of schedule. I mean, also we had, like you said, we have an all-star. R.J. Barrett has taken leaps and bounds. Like he's gotten much better in his sophomore year. Some people thought, hey, maybe by the third year, maybe fourth year, he'll start showing more of it. But his second year, he's been really good. I, he's he's had his off games here and there. He had that Toronto game where he couldn't buy a three, but he's just. He just keeps working, you know. You, you can't put him down. And then Randall, the, his 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 motivation to come back and be better. How many guys do you see have a you know subpar season and admit it and say, "Hey, yeah, I was by my standards, I was bad and I didn't perform the way I should have." And then they come back the next season and they put in the work. They his. Listen, even even his body, he's strong. You could see that he's stronger. Mm-hmm. He's taking he's taking all the minutes. He's playing really well. And 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 yeah, the Tibbs hire. I I personally like the Tibbs hire when it happened. You know, I thought okay, I th- I think he's a really good coach. He can help us out. But even I'll admit, as big as a Nick fan as I am, I didn't see us be in this position right now. And I'm I'm very, you know, during the games, I tweet a bit a bit pessimistic because I use reverse psychology and stuff. You're critical on your Knicks. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell critical. you that flat out. I'm you critical. critical on your Knicks. But, but I, I'm, I am a homer. I am a homer. But even mm-hmm. I didn't see this type of progress being made. I thought, you know, we might improve by one game, maybe two games, show a little bit more toughness, closer games and stuff. But I didn't see us being the playoff hunt. Playoff hunt, to be honest. And it's, it, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. This, this is great right now. As you should be. And I think with Julius Randle, I think there's one word for Julius Randle on why you see him play the way he's playing, in or one term, he's happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Players play different when they're yes. happy. Look at when Harden went to Brooklyn. We knew how great Harden really was. We seen him slack off in Houston. The minute he got to Brooklyn, yeah, he had gained all that weight, but all of that looked like it didn't matter because he was happy. We seen Blake Griffin kind of a resurgence that he's not the great Blake Griffin that we remember from the Clippers, but he's not as washed as we thought he was in Detroit. LaMarcus Aldridge, kind of the same thing. There's a difference in when you want, you're losing, you're not happy. Nobody's happy losing, and none of them were superstars anymore. So it was like, I don't have much to give. I can't give it my all because I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle, regardless, he's having the time of his life out there. You see it in his right. face. You see it in his play. You see it in his, his, you know, how he feels about the team when asked about the team. He's yeah. just happy. And that's dangerous because he's getting better and he's getting happier. The more y'all win, the better progress y'all show coming into next year. Now he's really going to be motivated. He gonna, you know, yeah. I expect y'all to get a taste of that playoff series. As I expected, mm-hmm. and then you know whether you lose, win or lose, you know you're looking at Brooklyn or Philly. It's not an easy task. I want to see Brooklyn. I just want to see battle in New York. I think that's big time. Uh, but then you get that taste of playoffs, and those guys know what it's like to have hope and lose. And what do most players do? They come back motivated. Now you talking right. about Randall being an All Star player. Y'all are fourth or fifth possibly with. R.J. Barrett having, you know, talks of being an all-star player. Now you produce it to all-stars just like the rest of these great teams, and, and boom, there it is. Like, the Knicks are here, 
and they here to stay. The only thing is I hate about having a young team. You got to hope one player pops late. You got Barrett, you got Randall. They're going to cost you money. You got to hope like IQ, he's good, but he don't be too good because you're right. going to have to give up somebody. But listen, not only that, but with the Knicks now, they're not a laughing stock anymore. So you go into the offseason showing this type of progress and other guys around the league who are free agents are going to say, hey, you know what? Last season or seasons prior, I wouldn't even consider signing in New York with the Knicks mm-hmm. because, you know, they're a joke. Everything is subpar over there. They don't know what they're doing. But now you see the effort. You see the defense. You see mm-hmm. the, the camaraderie. Uh, um, even Dolan is, is is you know, he's staying away from the basketball side of things. And well, he's, he's been. That's, that's, right, that's, right. that's so old. Right, but he's been, he's been doing it. And, you know, mm-hmm. even he's not, as much as people try to give him a bad rap this season, it's not working out because, yeah. you know, the team is progressing. And guys are say, right, guys are going to say, hey, maybe I should sign with New, with New York. I can be that one piece that pushes them over the edge, you know? Now, I'm going to tell you all the truth. I said 32 games at the beginning. As soon as I heard they hired Tibbs. I think I remember that tweet. Mm-hmm. I knew this was going to happen. I think I favored it, too. I was like, you know, I, I like I like his, I like like his, what he's saying right now. Yeah. My question I, was him being with young guys. That was my question. Tibbs a was teacher. Was Tibbs being with young guys because these young guys ain't Jimmy Butler them. That's the biggest thing. These 19, 20-year-olds now ain't what Jimmy Butler them was when they was 19 and 20. I mean, look, but, Coach Fox. But guys like my age ain't what you was when you was my age. You know what I'm saying? No, it, but generation different. You find them. He found well, RJ was there, but RJ mm-hmm. had that moxie. He was built with that. Yeah. His dad from Queens. He went to St. John's. Come on. Mm-hmm. is from Queens, fam. They live in Canada. They mm-hmm. from Queens. You know what I mean? And I'm from Queens, so I know what Queens do. <laughs> but uh See, we know. So, but Hibbs, I knew, was going to bring discipline, planning. One thing that Fizz did not have was a game plan. Never. When situations changed from what he thought in his head, he did not know how to adjust. Right. I mean, remember that. is a different cat. Remember that Milwaukee game? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Remember that Milwaukee game where, where Fizda was laughing it up? Uh, you know, I'm, not even, I'm, not, I'm not giving him no more time and shine. But <laughs> no more Fizdale. He gone. But I want to say this because I definitely want to get through the rest of the conference. But I saw this coming. I believe if, if they hadn't lost a couple of them games that they should have won, we shouldn't even be in the A spot, to be perfectly honest with you, this season. We should at least be 7-6 where we were. And that game we lost to your heat is what sent your heat jumping up and us trickling back a little bit. Mm-hmm. That game, that was one of the games that I feel like we shouldn't have lost. And then that Boston game right after, we shouldn't have lost. But neither here nor there, what we're looking at right about now is – a great future for both of our squads, number one. And number two, so let's talk about them six, five, four spots. So right now, we're looking at the Heat, Boston, and the Hawks. I think I think the Hawks, 
I think the Hawks might hold out in that spot they're in right now. They everybody seemed to get everybody has seemed to get healthy at the right time, you know, because you got to remember early on in the season they dealt with a lot of injuries. A lot of guys were out. I think um, Gallinari missed a lot of time early on. Um, Bogdanovich was out too, which was uh, one of huge. the big sign- a huge signing for mm-hmm, them. Yeah. Gallinari. Um, who who else was out? DeAndre Hunter, Hunter I believe, is out. Too. He missed some time. John Collins mm-hmm. in that trade, you know, cloud over his head. You mm-hmm. know, we didn't know whether he was going to remain a Nick or not. There was alleged Hawk. beef between. Or yeah, Hawk. See, y'all got me talking about Nick so much. <laughs> You know, but, you know, then him and, uh, you know, there was a, a piece that came out that him and Trey Young yeah, weren't getting along. Easy. And they, yeah. yeah, you know, and that came out to be BS. But still, like, they had all that hanging over their head. That's why. Mm-hmm. And then they fired their coach. It's not a coincidence. Best move they, they made their coach. all best, year. Best move. And they've best been move. playing great basketball ever because since Nate McMillan has taken over. Ever since he's taken over, like that's the biggest key for Atlanta. Yep. Because we knew what pieces they had. Injuries hit, and and that's a hundred percent fact. That was early on, mm-hmm. but even when they started slowly coming back and getting games together, there was no progress. There was no like you can't tell me I'm not convinced that Bogdanovich was such a piece that they couldn't win games that they were supposed to win. Like yeah. I'm not. I don't think he was the separation on why they should have beat Cleveland on a Wednesday night, but lost. Yeah. I don't think he was the separation from some of those lower tier teams where they can't beat a Memphis, they can't beat a Washington Wizards right. minus a Westbrook. Nate McMillan comes and the whole Fixes all the that. whole team. It's a whole different team. It's yeah. a whole different mentality. They're happy. Everybody playing, yeah. and I think happiness is the biggest key. In basketball, because it, it, everything was down, and the coach wasn't making it no better. There was nothing. Morale was down. His, his game plan was bad. Some people did feel like Trey Young was getting the ball too much, and we were running too much through Trey Young, and I got a talent here. I got a ta- I get that. But then Nate McMillan comes and is like, I hear all that. I understand everything that was going on, but we're going to win basketball. Like, we're going to play winning basketball. Exactly. Yep. This is how we fix it. So I think Atlanta's dangerous. Atlanta's, Atlanta's dangerous. If they if they stay fully healthy, they they are a very dangerous team. The only got- problem is they don't have playoff experience. Out of those three teams, out of Boston, Miami, and Atlanta, when Nate you talk does. about when you talk about playing, you know Nate mm-hmm. does. But th- th- when it comes to the playoffs, yeah, coaching hundred percent matters. Matters. But so does the players because that right. spotlight get a lot bigger. And then yeah. you're factoring right now, crowds. Crowds are yeah. coming back. Fans yeah. are coming back. By playoff time, there's going to be some stadiums that are sold out, not all of them, but fans are about to play a factor. There is no bubble. Travel is going to play a factor. There is no more of that, you know, the bubble. We get to play every other night. We go. We can walk from the court to the hotel. We get the right, you know, recovery time. No, nah, you're going to be traveling. All that plays a factor. And I think that's why the Heat, they benefited last year from that because they were such a bad away team. They were like the best home team, I think, outside of the Lakers in the NBA. But they were one of the bottom tier away teams. And so I was worried about the Heat. Like, okay, I felt like they could beat Milwaukee under the circumstance. I didn't care before the pre-bubble, during the bubble. But my problem was was getting to the finals is when we play Boston, you know, we, we got that advantage of not having to travel to Boston and play game six in Boston or game three or four. So that is, I do think the Heat, 
were I, – I say this about the Heat. Like, they were, you know, uh, they they were a profit from the bubble. Like, they, they benefited the most from the bubble. But right. then when you say that, people try and take my words and say, oh, so what you're saying is the bubble championship doesn't matter. And I told everybody last year, mm-hmm. the bubble champion – anybody outside of LeBron James is going to get their full-blown credit. If LeBron and the Lakers win a championship, there's going to be people picking them apart, picking them apart. If Miami Heat would have won that, oh, Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley is one of the greatest. It's Spolstra's, you know, which he is one of the best coaches in the NBA, I will say that. But it would have put Spolstra on such a pedestal. And Jimmy and Tyler Hero would have been the unsung greatest white player we've ever seen, including Larry Bird, like just throwing that out there. So, you know, it was one of those Milwaukee could have won, Giannis would have got his flowers, Kawhi, all them. I just felt like going into the bubble, if LeBron James win, he's the only one who's going to get scrutinized for winning a championship in the bubble. True. Go on, uh, New Team City. Put a button in the 654 for us. 654. I think... I think Atlanta holds up in the fourth spot if they stay fully healthy. I, I think they're playing some great basketball right now. Mm-hmm. All they have to do, which is harder, which is way harder to do, is to stay healthy. Yeah, it's just to stay healthy. I mean, we see the firepower that that team has. Oh, and by the way, we're talking playoffs with them and experience. They would have had a lot more experience if they had kept Rondo, but you know, they they they, they traded him. Um, I think Boston. I hold, yeah, I think I think Boston holds up in the fifth spot. I think they're 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 sort of figuring it out right now. You know, they still. That's another. I, I'm tr- I'm saying I'm bringing up health a lot, but that's the big key big key this season with a lot of teams is health. You know, all these all these games going on and and short training camps and all that stuff really. Really, it's it's kind of hurting some of the players, you know, to stay healthy. Like in the short turnaround, that, that I said that was going to be the biggest problem was ending it and then turning around two months later and yeah. starting a full blown season and only shortening it. What ten games? You got guys playing. I understand the back to backs, and and this is like the one year where I kind of understand the load management. But I mean. You see it. The most ace, like one of the highest rated ACL tears this year as far mm-hmm. as players Jamal go. Murray, yeah. You know, you see he Jamal Murray, it. and then you see the importance. There was at one point in time you had Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. All of them were not playing due to injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. CJ yeah. McCollum, like all these guys. Yeah. I just named star players that you come to watch these teams play. You know, Jimmy Butler. Like, these are guys who have missed significant amount of games. And it's not coincidence that there was a short turnaround. And some of the teams who didn't play in the bubble actually tend to be the healthier teams. I know Atlanta wasn't there, but, you know, outside of Steph Curry, Golden State's been fairly healthy. Draymond missed a few games. But outside of that, they've been fairly healthy. A lot of these teams, Sacramento hasn't had much injury issues. Like, a lot of the teams that didn't, play in the bubble at all have been the healthiest teams. And then the deeper these teams made it into the playoffs, the more injured they got. Look at the Mm -hmm. Lakers, the Nuggets, the Heat, uh, the Celtics. We talk Mm -hmm. about that. It's not a coincidence in my eyes. And and also I bring up the injuries. Also I bring up the injuries uh, about the Celtics is because 
one of their main pieces, main main pieces, is is Kemba Walker, and you know he he's been he's been pretty injury prone the last couple of years, and he he actually missed a lot of games this season. So you never know. He's back. He's back now. He looks healthy, but with him, you just never know if he's going to stay yeah. healthy or not. And don't get me wrong, the Celtics can still put out Marcus Smart as a starting as, as a starting point guard. And he's extremely tough. You know, he bodies up on everybody. He he's a no nonsense type of guy. He he he's he's solid. He flops a lot for my liking. He does flop a lot. But you know, when it's crunch time and you really need to get your offense set and all that. Would you rather have Kemba Walker out there running the uh, running running the offense right. down in crunch time, or would you rather have Marcus Smart out there? You know, I no, think. I right, I think most teams would want. I, I think they the, the Celtics really want Kemba Walker out there when it really counts. Right. You know? That's so why let's I get think- to these last three. We've got about three minutes left in the show, and I would definitely want to get. Uh, your thoughts on the Bucks, Nets, and Sixers? Since we already know they're all, they're not falling. That's where they are. They're gonna mm-hmm. be the three, two, one. Who's taking the East? The uh, the Sixers. Brooklyn. Sixers, Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm going Brooklyn. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going with Brooklyn for a reason. Because I don't think. I don't think they're fully worried about finishing uh first or second if they were really worried about finish, finishing first i think they push some of their guys that are that are injured or have little nicks and and bags here and there they push them a little bit more to play some of these games I, I think i think they're just waiting to get into the playoffs and once they get into the playoffs regardless of it, if it's the first seed or the second seed they just want everybody healthy at that point okay. They're not really worried. I think I think they're worried about the regular season to a degree, but not to that that type of degree where it's like, okay, you know, we have to, we we got to play all our guys constantly no, every single you. game or so. I, I got you. So who? But who's gonna be the Eastern Conference champ though? Not who's gonna fin. Well, who's gonna win it and go face the Western Conference Brooklyn. champion? Oh, Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, as much Brooklyn. as I hate to, as much as I hate to admit it. I, I don't want to admit it, but yeah, probably mm. probably Brooklyn. The they're they're talented. pretty healthy. The talented. best team to, to have any chance against them is Philly, though. 100%. Yeah. I think that's the Easter Conference Finals is mm-hmm. Philly and Brooklyn, and I think it goes seven because I look yeah. at the matchup. I, think, I just think Brooklyn turns out to be too much to handle for a team like Philly, but – they gonna get all they gonna get from Joel and Bead. I can tell you that they got it. They got a yeah. little bit of exposed that they don't have and a big man. Bias. And Tobias, but they got a, they got a big man problem. They couldn't stop drumming. They got a problem. They're not gonna be able to stop stop Joel and Bead. They don't have to stop Tobias. They got guys who can go bucket for bucket and outscore Tobias. They don't have to stop him. But the problem is that Joel and Bead, who would be an MVP candidate had he not have gotten hurt, right. he, he will go for forty. I'm not really worried about Tobias going for 40. Joel and B will go for 40 a night on Brooklyn if they don't figure out how they're going to guard a big man. So that's my thing with Brooklyn. But with Brooklyn, they talent. You talking about KD, Kyrie, and, and James oh, I, Harden. 
talent yeah. gonna prevail in a game where I got three different guys that could take over. They could take turns. I got a guy to take over game two, game three, game four. I just right. think Brooklyn, even outside of Steve, I don't think Steve Nash being a rookie coach even matters. I just see, and they got a lot to prove. Kyrie got something to prove to to win a championship without LeBron. James Harden got something to prove to be great deep into the playoffs and get to the finals outside of the one in OKC. And Kevin Durant, even though he stacked up his team, you know, he got something to prove to win outside of Golden State, but he stacked up his team just as much. But still, they got something to prove. KD got all that on his mind. He pays attention to social media. James Harden knows he got to get there. He got to get there and possibly win a championship. Kyrie knows, and he might be playing against that guy. He knows everybody discredits his one championship because he wasn't King James. So I give him his credit. He earned it. He was the second best player. He needed LeBron. LeBron needed him. You know, it's nothing wrong with the star player needing his second best player. Jordan needed Pippen. Magic and Kareem needed each other. Larry Bird, mm-hmm. you know, needed Robert Parrish and whoever else. Kevin McHale. Kevin we go down McHale. the line. Oh, yeah. We go down yeah. the line. Then, you know. Every best player needs his second guy, so it's okay that Kyrie was the second best guy. But I think Brooklyn was the championship. Yeah, I so, mean, when that, when that team is fully healthy, I don't see, I don't really see how you can outscore them. I mean, you might, you, 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 you'll score a bit, but outscore them, like fully right. outscore them. Right. It just seems like too much of a, a challenge, to be yeah. honest. All right, so New Team City. Tell tell the people down where they can find you, where they can find your work. Tell them what's popping. Well, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, handle is at at new underscore tape underscore city. Uh, I post uh, most of the social media stuff on uh, the Off the Ball Network Twitter account, um, and a little bit of Instagram, but mostly Twitter. That's where I post most of my most of my stuff. Bang. And Mr. Mo Murphy. Yeah. Up uh, in yeah. Flames Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, go uh, follow up at Flames Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Mo underscore Cheese 15 on Twitter and Instagram for my personal accounts. That's more where I'm active on. Uh, you know, go check out. I'm releasing an episode tomorrow with Max talking everything hoops. Uh, about to launch a show probably starting next Saturday. The weekly wrap up. Hosted by yours truly up in flames. It'll be a network exclusive show. All the guys will always be more than welcome. You know, Edgar going to end up having his uh, own Knicks. Edgar going to end up having his own Knicks section. So, you know, definitely make sure to tune in to the weekly wrap up. And that'll be something big for the network. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is my crew. Y'all know how we get down. I'm always shout off the board network. These are the people that, that... I had the pleasure of working with and building with this wonderful uh, sports cast empire that Chris LeBron is building for us. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, I definitely want you guys to uh, check us out on the websites, go to the Off the Ball Network or the CandaCorner.com, and make sure you check me out this Saturday, rocking with Danny B. And we got. Nickabaka Avenue, just for the people them. Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all. Brothers, I appreciate y'all stopping by. Y'all got to come back so we can do the West Coast. 100%. Just yep. let me know. You know what I mean? yep. Yep. yep, I'm down. Let's get busy. And on that note, we just going to roll. Party people, thank y'all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week on the Candid Corner.
Welcome, 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 welcome to the candy cool. 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 Your number one spot for hip hop, classic hip hop, today's hip hop. You talk about sports, you talk about Knicks, you talk about 76ers, you talk about football, you talk about Giants, you talk about Steelers. Your main spot for New York and Pennsylvania sports, baby, right here. Coach Fire, Mr. Lewis, the Candid Corner, real talk for real listeners. Yeah, yeah. Brought to you by Nat Time Entertainment Media and the good folk over at Off the Ball Network.